use the false door. Live long and prosper. I'm going to Toshi Station to pick up some power converters. Lilu Dallas Multipass. Shut up and take my money. By Grabthar's hammer. <laughs> what a saving. One does not simply walk into Mordor. X never, ever marks the spot. Winter is coming. You're a wizard, Harry. Stay a while and listen. Hey, old Grimmie. Frog here. Your ties are cool. So say we all. This is a play on nerds. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 92 of A Play on Nerds. We are back with a copycat cinema this week. That's right, the triumphant return of copycat cinema. That's right, it's always triumphant. (laughs) And I'm Jarman, your co-host, to bring it in. And who is this with me? And I'm Steve, the other co-host, to pick up all the slack and and get everything that we miss. (laughs) So what what copycat cinema are we doing this week, Steve? So we are doing the (laughs) much-anticipated... <laughs> That's already funny. And, and highly, highly requested. <laughs> nope. Uh, observe and report versus Paul Blart Mall. <laughs> we know that you've watched these movies to prep for the show, guys. Everyone out there listening. And boy, boy, are you in for a treat. <laughs> <laughs> this is the epitome of American cinema, what we offer to the world. <laughs> yeah, for you guys who don't know, uh, our copycat cinema is basically where we take two movies that were made in the same year that basically have the same subject matter or same plots sometimes um, and pit them against each other to see which one wins. We each pick a side and defend it. And boy, this week, did I have the pleasure of defending Paul Blart Mall Cop. <laughs> and I had the pleasure of defending Observe and Report with Seth Rogen. But we're going to get uh, into that hot and anticipated <laughs> debate later. They say hot steaming mess. But, hot yeah. steaming pile of debate later. <laughs> and, uh, Jarvin, what have you been up to? Well, uh, <laughs> uh, last couple of weeks, I've been uh, pretty cultured, I would say. I, uh, yeah. I, and to, to distract did you wear my, a beret at any point? I, I wish. I don't even own a beret, but I wish I well, did. Well, you need to get on that because that is the epitome of culture. <laughs> That's true. With a little cigarette in the hill there. <laughs> Um, and a smug look on your face. <laughs> and just hating myself and in a constant state of ennui. And um, pretending that you know things about art. <laughs> I really love the Belgian era. I don't know what that means. Um, that painting is good. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> it's not painting, man. That's shit on the wall. Um, so since we have a totally embarrassing president and our politics situation is just so nerve wracking and terrible. Yeah. I went to see plays, and I saw 12th Night, Shakespeare in Love, the stage version, which is pretty cool. Okay. Uh, went to see a jazz like ensemble band called Pink Martini, which was really fun, and uh, saw Annihilation, the movie, oh. with, my mo- with my movie pass, which was great. Wow. How was Annihilation? I think we reviewed the trailer for it at some point. Right, and it was really cool. It's definitely okay. worth seeing. If you liked Ex Machina, you'll definitely like Annihilation. Okay, I've heard it's sort of in that weird cerebral kind of yeah. mind space. It's kind of like a um, mix of like sci-fi, horror, thriller, uh, psychological fuck job. I think a thinker thriller. A thinker thriller. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. Yeah. And I played D&D a couple times since we last talked. Uh, you still be still doing that or you lost? <sighs> so out of tomorrow. Brain? So I think I expressed like two episodes ago, I expressed my sadness that we had to cancel D&D at the last minute. Oh, right. I was really bummed about that. Our finally, we have a session tomorrow nice. for the first time since that, because the first time we've been able to arrange it. 
So it's been like and a month. Dear God, if not everyone shows up, I'm just I'm gonna have to choke a bitch. <laughs> oh, I have to mention my our last session that we had uh, of D and D. We had so much alcohol left over from my party that I had my birthday. People yeah. brought tons of alcohol to my my house for like a housewarming type of thing. And I don't want that alcohol sitting in my house because I don't want to be tempted to just drink wine all day. So uh, my friends came over to my house to play D&D for the first time in a while. And I said, okay. guys, you all need to drink wine. <laughs> so <laughs> we drank like five bottles of wine. <laughs> wow. Good work. <laughs> and by the end of it, we're like, just roll, roll a, a D12. I don't know. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was pretty fun. But uh, I can bonus just go to sleep XP, after that. Bonus XP and bonus XP and blah. <laughs> <laughs> You killed an ogre. Yeah, here's a magic sword. <laughs> but so I'm glad you guys are meeting up still. That's good. You're going to. Yeah. And I'm, we have uh, someone new joining us. We're going to have, in theory, everyone there for the first time in in probably five or six sessions, realistically. Oh, that's great. Yeah. So I hope it happens. I'm so excited to get back to it. I just hit level six, and I haven't been able to play as a level six yet. Oh, the anticipation. I know it's killing me, but I'm super excited. Going to play tomorrow. Super nerd. So what have you been up yeah. to other than that? Uh, we're prepping for our big trip to Disneyland, which right. um, today is Saturday. We leave Monday morning about 8 a.m. Uh, we get down there. We've got Anna's mom used timeshare points to get us a place at World Mark, which is a 15 minute walk from Disney from like the front front entrance. Oh, wow. Nice. Heck yeah. We I bought the tickets, which hurt my soul, how much we paid, <laughs> but I did it. <laughs> um, the tickets just to the parks? Yeah, just to the parks. We got two, two one-park-only day passes. It was $5,000. <laughs> um, so, no, so we're just going to do one day, at, one day at, you know, land, and then one day at California Adventure, and then find stuff to do on the other days, because there's plenty to do around there. Yeah, that sounds perfect. But yeah, it was, it hurt. <laughs> heard a lot and then Goodness. they they make this thing called max pass which is where um you it lets you do your reserve for your express pass stuff to get on rides but also it, there are photographers all over disney and they can take your picture and then they apparently scan some code and then you have access to all the pictures you take around the park oh so you can get all of them for including that price right right and they make it they make the price reasonable enough that like i'm sure that 90 percent of people buy it that's pretty cool. It's kind of genius. Yeah. Good for uh, couples but then and family. Then I've got the app on my phone and I can do that kind of stuff. Yeah, I tried downloading the app last couple of times. That's at Disney World um, and just wasn't, wasn't working for me. So I hope you have better luck with it. Oh, uh, I mean, the app is I'm actually really impressed. Uh, the app, you can go by like, where are the characters that are currently in the park located? Where are the parades and when do they start? Uh, where's the closest dinner thing to me? Can I, I can make reservations cool. through it? It's just crazy. Yeah, food is where they really get you once you also get inside Disney. It's like, oh, and here's a cheeseburger for $30,000. <laughs> well, that's the thing. They're, it's smart. They're they're making it as easy as possible for me to give them my money. Right. Absolutely. Like that's, and that's their that's their goal, and they're doing it. So good for you, Disney. <laughs> you got your shit figured out. Um, and then we come back on Saturday, and then surprise, surprise, my brother is making a visit out here. Oh. So he'll be in town Sunday, Monday, and then Tuesday. But Tuesday, he has an interview. Uh, with the company I work for, Apple, which is exciting. Well, you guys could work together. Yeah. Uh, his his res- uh, My buddy Johnny, who was a groomsman, uh, passed around his resume in some of his circles and 
someone reached out, they did lunch, and then he got invited out for an interview. So, wow, that'd be a big change. Where is he at now? New York still? Yeah, New York, New York Magazine. And for our listeners to know, if I'm not mistaken, uh, Steve's brother was one of the designers of the original Windows Media Player. <laughs> he did. Um, <laughs> he wasn't like the like designer of that. He did. If you remember, for I think it was like Windows Media Player 98 or something, there were all those goofy play faces you could choose. Right. Like the robot face that that became the player. He did some of those. Oh, <laughs> I always played it up like he was the original designer of Windows Media Player. No, he did work on the team. Oh, OK. Like, but he, he, but he did, also did but, that. But no, he was not like the guy. Who did it. <laughs> I've got an idea, Bill Gates. The thing <laughs> yeah, that plays was, videos on your computer. No, he was 19 and stoked to be there. So no, no, that was not. <laughs> That's pretty funny. But yeah, he did work on those early teams. But yeah, so he's going to be in for two days. So we get to spend two days for him. I was able to extend my vacation by a day and take Monday off. So we get that day off with him. Very cool. Uh, yeah, I'm so, and we're just so excited. Your brother's hilarious. Oh, yeah. I like him. We'll keep oh, him. can I add one more thing to my update of the week? No. this is our show of course of course (laughs) so when i was growing up in the neighborhood if you guys i don't know abroad or people listening in the states have heard of the case of casey anthony and kaylee anthony um i went to school with casey anthony who later grew up to have been accused to of murdering her daughter um which is kind of terrifying because i went to elementary school with her um but she was acquitted of charges so i can't say she's guilty but whatever Um, yeah Anyways, when I was going to that school, I, my best friend was this girl next door, an Irish girl whose parents were from Ireland, and she had this thick Irish accent, and she was so adorable, but I wasn't even thinking about it in that way. She, we, we played video games and action figures together, and we swam in the pool all day, and we were right. best buds, um, inseparable. So I've been trying to find her for the past couple of years, kind of casually, not like really trying to find her, but just like interested in what happened to her, you know, like um, I haven't seen right. her in probably 25 years. Uh so I kept find, searching her first name, last name, but didn't have her middle name, forgot her parents' names. So I got my parents involved, and then she remembered their parents' names. So we did a search, and I finally found her. Okay. I searched her full name, and of course, the first thing I get is three mugshots. Ah, <laughs> uh. Isn't that sad? And, and they're all uh, DUIs. One, one DUI where she hit a person, uh, and she has... Dread, she had this beautiful blonde hair, blue eyes, and this Irish accent. Now she has dreadlocks, white people dreadlocks, uh. which is terrible. Rough choice. Rough yeah, choice. So, and I remember when I was younger, I'm thinking like, man, if I reconnected with her, maybe we'd fall in love and get married and it'd be like this uh, fairy tale romance. <laughs> and now you're kind of glad. I'm like, I don't did, think I can date a girl out. with dreadlocks. It's not going to be my thing. <laughs> so anyway, I just had to mention that. I forgot about that. It was just pretty crazy. Well, no, I remember. Um, so when we were naming our cats, we were still coming up with names and we decided that we wanted to name Mackenzie. Our cat, we decided what we wanted to name her. And I was like, well, I've only really known one Mackenzie in my life. And so I looked her up and it was a girl we went to high school with. Uh-huh. And I Google searched her name. And uh, of course, the first thing that comes up is her like DUI oh. arrest mug shot. And I was like, ah, it's funny because I just saw that girl that you're talking about. Uh, she, <laughs> she served our table at, uh. Uh, at a restaurant that we went to. <laughs> oh, OK. And I was like, Mackenzie, right? She's like. Yeah. I was like, Jarman. <laughs> I know. Remember. It's difficult. I know. Because <laughs> you're drunk right now, aren't you? <laughs> no, that's terrible. Um, that's a weird okay, coincidence. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that I haven't seen her in 10 years, probably. Serendipitous. Either. 
<laughs> All right, so I think that takes us and segues nicely into some nerdy news. <laughs> yes, perfectly. It's time for nerdy news. So mine is more of a rant, so I don't know if you want to go first. Um, yeah, I've got a clever name as usual. Perfect. And that is uh, threesome in the gene pool. Oh. So we all know that Neanderthal lines have, you know, integrated into modern humanity. Mm-hmm. And that if you're not of African descent, then there's a good chance you've got Neanderthal in you. Well, they just found another line in the gene in the gene pool uh, cool. that belongs to a group of people called the Denisovan. I don't know. It's a weird. Oh, name. Denisovians, right? Denisovians. Denisovians. Denisovans. Yeah. Um, which were apparently a different group of of people kind of like us uh, over in like Southeast Asia area and Aborigines in Australia uh, have big chunks of of this DNA in them. So think over like in that area. Right. And they've basically as of Thursday confirmed that, yeah, there's like this third group of things that's in the gene pool. That's so interesting because they've been finding some discoveries in Australia that show early humans being there with technology that they weren't they couldn't explain and they thought it must be all accidents and it could it must have been uh, tampered with evidence but right maybe it's actually just this different branch that was there early on its own you know yeah yeah exactly they didn't migrate cool. they showed up there right they kind of evolved there but yeah so that's cool threesome in the gene pool <laughs> so let's hear your rant <laughs> so yeah i i was looking up news stories and then I saw on all my nerdy news websites I go to, uh, it was plastered everywhere the picture of Laura Croft in the new movie. Right. Um, played by what's her face? Yeah, I don't even know. I forgot her name now, but she's Alicia Vikander. That's her name. Yeah, there we go. It, and we reviewed this trailer a while back. We did a while back, yeah. And I said I was uh, cautiously excited because I was like, I, all video game movies are terrible, but this one looks really good. Great actors, great actress. Uh, Looks like the action's fantastic. I'm excited. I like Indiana Jones movies. So, on Rotten Tomatoes, it has 50%, which isn't miserable, but isn't good either. Okay. It means half the people that see it are like, that's crap. Half of them are like, that's pretty good. (laughs) So, that's probably what a lot of video game movies get. But what I don't understand, what my rant is about, is how do they keep fucking this up? Why can't they make a good video game movie? Because... We turn, we can turn uh, sci-fi and fancy novels into great movies, comics into great movies, even board games like Clue was a good movie. <laughs> like, That's why true. can't That's we true. turn video games? It's all laid out there for them too: the plot, the story, award-winning games, and they can't do it. Why is that? Um, I don't know. I think that video games, uh, they Hollywood the crap out of it. Is really what it comes down to. They remove the nuance and story elements that made it so interesting and then, then turn it well, into like and that's, a Well, and that's the thing, because what you loved about that game was the investigation. You know, in, th- in the case of something like Silent Hill, that got moved in. They got moved right. in. It's not about, like, fighting weird zombies. It was about figuring out this mystery. And same and thing they with, take like, it, and uh, they have to accelerate that and take yeah. what was your 8- to 12-hour game experience and pop it into an hour and a half. And Resident Evil had more of the slow, scary stuff, and then the movies turned into just, you know, 
B-movie action sequences, basically. And then think about it this way. Everything has to, most most movies nowadays have to have some sort of romance angle, and that's not always the case in a video game. So then they always have to shimmy that crap in. That's true. But it's like the same could be said, though, for comics. Like, I don't know. Like, comics have, you know, long, super long storylines, like a long video game would. And they're still able to make, like, really good comic book movies that people are moved by and are acted well and written well. And they just don't take the time for these video games. Well, that's the other thing, though, is, I don't know. The argument would be that for, like, a franchise where it comes back over and over again, it's possible. But in the case of most video games, you know, a video game is in and out in seven to nine months. Right. Realistically, it has, like, this time of vogue. It gets to win awards maybe that year, and then it's gone. So if they're going to release a movie... It's like always strike while the iron's hot. Well, something like they could have done, which is a huge franchise, tons of canon, tons of material for them to make movies out of Warcraft. And that one misfired. And it's like, how do they screw that up? That's such a rich lore, has books and all this crap. But they just Well, that's the other up. problem is that, I, once again, Hollywood and the crap out of it. In that um, the problem with the Warcraft movie is someone thought too far ahead and was like, yeah, we can make this seven movies. Yeah, so this has to be the origin movie. Right. And we'll go back to the very beginning of the Warcraft story because that's what the people want. Like, <laughs> no one remembers Warcraft 1. <laughs> right. Nobody remembers that. Um, and so I'm like, why not throw us in the middle of a conflict? You can do some fun flashback stuff. You have the option of doing a prequel movie later if you want. But right. To start us at the beginning in a really kind of obscure, we have to explain a lot of magical forces kind of stuff. They probably should have done the, the Ice King. What's his name? Uh, the Lich King. The Lich King. That would have been a great storyline to start with. It's so captivating and interesting character. Well, it's a know? great, it's a character, a great character arc. Right. You can follow for Arthas. Really like, it, yeah, it's brilliant. Um, but yeah, they. So then someone was like, "Yeah, we'll make seven movies." But because they made this piece of crap film, they're not going to get to make that many more. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'm not even sure they're going to get to make one more. They might not because it takes too much money. It was a big effort. Right. And like, that's what I'm worried about. My other franchises that I loved as video games that would make beautiful, interesting movies would be Uncharted, Mass Effect, and Bioshock. Um, I don't want them to screw those up. I want them to do it right, and I don't know if it's going to happen. But there's such loved series of video games. If they do it now, those would make really good money if they're actually well made. That's true. But, uh, but they're screwed up. They're going to screw it up. So that's my news story kind of rant thing. I'm pissed. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't you hear seen that, nerds? Yet, German hoping. is pissed about video game movies. I'm pissed. I push my glasses up. <laughs> <laughs> Sam Finnegan lived in Watling Street, a gentle Irishman, mighty hearted, a beautiful broke, so rich and sweet. To rise in the world, he carried a heart. See, it's sort of a tipping way with a love for the liquor ports and was born. Help him on with his work every day, hit a drop of the catheter every morning. So to start us out today, the day that we were recording, uh, is St. Patrick's Day. That's right, it is. And so I, I bring you another segment of the reason for the season. <laughs> I love these. So, fun fact, St. Patrick, not Irish. Really? His parents were Romans, who then ended up moving up to like what is modern-day England, or they think Wales. They're not really sure. Um, he was kidnapped at 16 by Irish raiders, <laughs> sold into slavery, lived in Ireland for six years, Escaped at 22, made his way to a monastery where he spent 12 years becoming a priest, and then went back to Ireland 
started converting people left and right, and then uh, led this this huge campaign against the uh, against the Druids, which was like the built-in religion there. And probably the ones who kidnapped him originally. Um, nah, I don't know. Uh, but so here's the thing. So you always hear this thing about uh, St. Patrick chasing all the, the snakes out of Ireland. Right. Well, that's bull crap. They've looked at the, the fossil records. There have never been any reptiles in Ireland. It's too cold. Then <laughs> where'd that come from? <laughs> so because he led this huge campaign against the Druids and drove them out, uh, Druids were sp- said to be myst- mystics that had animalistic powers in some cases, and uh, sometimes were said that they could be shapeshifters, and one of the shapes was a form of a snake. Mm. And so it turned into this big parable about him driving the snakes out of Ireland. Basically, the snakes being the Druids. Right, right. It, was just, it just turned into this bigger thing. Interesting. So he was an Italian guy. <laughs> what? So he was an yes, Italian. Yes, he's Italian. Guy. <laughs> That's right. St. Patrick was an Italian guy. That's so weird. I'm going to have pizza on St. Patrick's Day from now That's on. Right. That's right. That's um, right. So it's celebrated by Catholics, Anglicans, the Eastern Orthodox Church, and the Lutheran Church. Hmm. So it historically falls during Lent, which is where you give up drinking and fat and sugar and all sorts of stuff. Um, but traditionally, the restriction has been lifted on Lent. And so because of that, people would get all their drinking and debauchery out of the way on that day because they'd been in famine. And so that is why it has become synonymous with this crazy booze-induced holiday. It's the one day you can take off Lent, basically. Right. Oh, that's interesting. So the shamrock, uh, though very popular symbol, is not the actual national symbol of Ireland. The national symbol of Ireland is the gold harp. Oh, yeah. Hence why harp harp the beer gets its name. Yep, and Guinness has the harp. Uh, St. Patrick, uh, his color is not green. It's actually St. Patrick blue, and it's a light shade of blue, like a pale blue. Weird. I didn't know saints had colors. Yeah. <laughs> like football teams. Um, but green became the, the became synonymous with uh, the, the uh, what, like Irish Revolution mm-hmm. and the party that ran it. And so because of that, it kind of took over. That makes sense. Um, let's see. Shamrocks, uh, three-leaf clovers, um, were said to be used by St. Patrick himself. To explain the Holy Trinity to the pagans. Okay. So you can hold up a shamrock and be like, look. All three of these things separate, but all of them the same. Interesting. Uh, And then, of course, the traditional uh, meal is corned beef and cabbage. But did you know corned beef has nothing to do with corn? It's a uh, it's a mention to the rough salt that they use to cure the to cure the meat and the large cut of the salt. They're called corns. Oh, like peppercorns and salt corns. That makes yeah, sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that, that's where corned beef and cabbage comes from. Fascinating. And ladies and gentlemen, that has been your reason for the season, St. Patrick's Day edition. And now I'll play some really offensive Irish stereotypical music. Heidi, 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 You're not wrong. <laughs> You're not wrong. No, I'll play some Italian music. That pizza song every time. Hey, what's in the party? Say, Patrick, who's the nice and good Italian boy? Get the snakes out of here. Vito to Roma. The fucking druids. Vito Roma. No, I'm just imagining Mario. Yeah, Mario is St. Patrick. That's it.
So now we're going to move on to talk about our main subject, copycat cinema, observe and report versus Paul Blart Mall Cop. The best movies ever. <laughs> All right. So what do we want to start off with here? These wonderful movies that uh, both came out in what year was it? 2006? I don't know. Too close to each other. Uh, 2009. Okay. Good year. So I guess I'll just jump off with observe well, and report. Well, I mean, let, let's, let's talk about similarities. Oh, right. We do similarities first between the and two. And then we'll run through the movies. Mm-hmm. And then we'll, we'll argue our points. Yes. That is the state of affairs. Historically, that's how we do it. So they're both uh, mall cops. They're both about mall cops, both about these mall cops that sort of have sad lives otherwise. Both uh, a little overweight. Live with, <laughs> both live with their mom. Both live with their mom. That's right. I forgot about that part. Uh, both manage some sort of illness by putting something in their mouth. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You're right. You're right. They both are are eventually fighting against a criminal of some sort. Yes. Who's like more equipped than they are. They both. Uh, no, I guess it, sort of. And sort they of. both have a, a, a other cop that is trying to outshine them and that they're trying to compete against to look to look better than. That's true. They both have yeah, a doppelganger right. of Anna Ferris in the, both movies <laughs> who plays the love interest. <laughs> when That's that came true. on the screen in That's uh, accurate. Oh, Paul Blart, when it came on the screen, I was like, Anna Ferris is in both these movies? But it wasn't Anna Ferris, it's just an actress who looks a lot like her. Yeah, yeah. That's kind of, I mean, there are probably dozens of others, but those are the main ones we can think of. There's a lot in common for right. these movies. Even though they're very different movies. Yeah. Uh, so why don't we talk through Paul Blart Mall Cop? All right. So the it starts with him trying out for the police academy. And basically, I don't know what they want us to think about him. And this is my problem through the whole movie. Right. Because the, the whole intro is basically like, hey, look at that fat guy doing better than you thought, huh? Like, because he, you know, he, he goes through the obstacle course with no problem. He goes, gets ahead of people. He does a backflip off a rope. He's um, really good. But it, it, yeah, he's really good. And then they want you to think he's kind of this incompetent, do nothing guy the rest of the movie. And I wasn't sure what they wanted me to think. Right. Cause then he passes out from his, uh, hypoglycemia. Yeah. Like inches from the finish line, inches from becoming like, a cop. I don't think it works like a uh, narcolepsy where you just collapse. <laughs> that doesn't happen that way. That's true. No, no, no. Uh, but then it's just basically this, uh, the intro is just how miserable is this guy? His wife left him for a green card after she had her green mm -hmm. card and she left her kid, uh, left yeah. him with a daughter. She she's getting him in online dating, but has had no luck. This is Kevin James, by the way, if you don't already know. Yeah, Kevin James. Uh, they they show him do a Segway music video at one point, which I think was one of the better parts. And I was impressed with the Segway skills because Segways are awkward as hell. That's true. And then I wrote down uh, and that's when I realized, oh, my God, I rented Paul Blart. <laughs> Did you actually rent it? <laughs> yeah, I try to be legit when and if I can. Good for you, but. Not with this movie. <laughs> don't, yeah. don't patronize these things. Uh, he kills a dog on the way to work. Yep, I laughed they out insinuated. loud at that. <laughs> uh, his love interest uh, works at a place called Unbeweavable. Selling weaves. Uh, and then he immediately shows signs of being a stalker. Yes. Creepily abuses the mall security system to spy on her. Yeah, yeah. There's a new guy at work. He's trying to show him the ropes. He pulls over a guy on a scooter. And then followed that by every time there was stalker-like behavior, I wrote it down. <laughs> followed by more stalker-like behavior. He crashes he into then a, take, a van. A van. He takes her on a Segway. I wrote Segway boner ride. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
where she's riding in front of him and he gets to escort her out. Um, he goes out to drinks. It's like with a big group, but he doesn't drink. He ends up accidentally drinking and then going crazy because of his hypoglycemia, I guess. <laughs> uh, maybe. Uh, he get, has an awkward next day uh, with the girl because he did something embarrassing. Uh, he closes down the arcade while he's locked himself in playing like Guitar Hero. <laughs> a gang of thugs takes over the mall. Parkour thugs. Parkour Possibly X game thugs. Parkour BMX, uh, BMX, skateboarding, gun wielding thugs. <laughs> uh, Something you'd see in 1980. It's it more video ridiculous game. the more we list. Um, clear out the mall because uh, the new guy is actually their ringleader. He was case in the joint. Right. And they plan to steal all the credit card transaction information from Black Friday and like $30 million, supposedly. Somehow with with codes, uh, with code, with a code, a credit code. I don't know. Now, this is the key to retrieve the codes from each store's credit card machine. They change every day. So make sure that you bring me back the codes for today, Friday. <laughs> Paul Blart is left inside the mall. He decides it's his duty to, like, be their eyes and ears. He somehow inexplicably beats every henchman. Yeah. Despite he, the fact that he has no training and is mostly beats them out of luck. It's like the Inspector Clouseau uh, trope, you know. Yeah. Stupidly it was, it was winning sort of by accident. Um, but it was just one of those things like, man, so those henchmen also had no skills? <laughs> Except for parkouring, apparently. Yeah, like that's all they know. That one guy's really good at skateboarding, but they're like, yeah, I have this gun. He's like, I don't know how to use a gun. What do you want me to do? <laughs> Ride your skateboard with the gun. All right. Wee! <laughs> He's just a skater, bro. Just to smoke weed and hang out. Just a skater, bro. <laughs> uh, Paul Blart lures out the bad guy, tries to escape, gets caught with them, has what I thought was like genuinely a, a genuinely funny moment. The hot sauce? Um, the hot sauce. Yep. <laughs> so earlier in the game, in the, the movie, they preloaded him with a hot sauce that you knew was going to come up later. So right while the bad guy's got his gun drawn, he pulls the hot sauce, gives it two shakes, and then shakes the third shake, and it flies across the room and hits the guy in the eye. He's stunned. He's got to sit down, and and Paul, like, looks for approval <laughs> to the crowd, and they're like, yeah, you did it. Now go get him. And he's like, yeah, he's really reveling in the moment, and the guy has time to wipe the hot sauce out and recover, and he didn't do anything. He's like, he oh, I, stop I really should have taken advantage of that. <laughs> Probably should have capitalized on uh, <laughs> it was like a genuinely funny moment. Right. I wrote that down because I'd never seen something like that in a movie, and that was really funny. It was just a very unique, funny <laughs> moment. Because <laughs> the way he was sitting um, there smiling, he was just like, hey, I did it. Hey. <laughs> the the bad guy gets away with a hostage, uh, his daughter and the girl, I think. Right. Uh, he leads him to an airfield, catches up. Paul Blart pretends to have like his hypoglycemic shock or whatever. But then jumps on the guy because he was just pretending, disarms him. Uh, then the cop that was there on the outside the whole time that we literally didn't mention until this point because he made so little difference to the plot. Right. He changed nothing for the plot. Shows up and he's like, good job, but I'm actually the bad guy. <laughs> I was working <laughs> with the bad so guy. Dumb. It was so dumb. And then just as he's about to, to shoot him, the, Paul's boss who was introduced one time earlier. A couple times. Pull, pulls a cop's gun. Yeah. No, but as far as his relationship with Paul. Yeah, they made a few a few moments here and there. Pulls pulls a cop's gun and shoots the guy. From far away with a shaky so, hand. For Yeah, from far away with shaky hands. 
perfectly shoots the guy stopping him. And Paul decides to turn down being a cop and go back to his really terrible life as a mall cop. <laughs> but now he has the Anna Ferris lookalike, so he's okay. Yeah, now he's got the, the redhead or strawberry blonde. Right. Um, and that's the end. Why they made a second one, we may never know. I think we covered it in that one. <laughs> I'll have to watch a second one someday. No, never. Don't say that. <laughs> I'm not gonna Don't I'm not gonna pay that. for it. All right. I'll get let's it from the library. <laughs> a stork will deliver it. Um, let's talk through observe and report. So observe and report. This might sound familiar because we just talked about the same exact scenario. We have a mm-hmm. uh unhealthy, sad man. Uh, who lives with his mother, who's an alcoholic, uh, mm-hmm. but he works at the mall as a security officer. He's very adamant about everyone's being an officer, not a guard. I'm here with Ronnie Barnhart, one of the security guards here at the mall, no, who can cut. hopefully... Uh, you fucked up, ma'am. I'm I'm the head of mall security. You should do that again and say it right. Uh, well, uh, Officer Barnhart... Action. Right. Uh, is there any information you can shed on this situation? You're just going to keep going even though you fucked up my title? Okay. Uh... Well, I'm standing here with this doctor. Uh, and he's just sad and too into his own world. And very angry and, he has a, and chauvinistic he, and gross and weird. <laughs> and he has, um, like, the, he's surrounded himself with these kind of, like, sycophant guys who buy into his crap. Because they're even more pathetic than he is. Yeah, and so he basically he's, you know, patrolling around, trying to be bigger than he is. But then the, we immediately are introduced to the fact that there's a streaker or a flasher going around the parking lot of the mall, harassing women and yelling obscenities at them and flashing them his naked body and then running away with his trench coat. So, And he flashes Anna Ferris, who is the main character's love interest, who has no interest in him. And was like a weird derail for the plot. Yeah, she's like a ditzy, um, annoying uh, makeup person. But Anna Ferris is great. I always love her and everything. So she's like a, a shining yeah. star in this movie, I think. Then we have also a woman in the mall who uh, is, is a cast who works at the donut shop, and she seems to be showing interest in him, but he constantly ignores her and talks her down. She gives him free coffee all the time, and he's terrible to her. Um, so then and she keeps coming back for more. Right. And they can't find the, the streaker. So a real cop gets involved, played by Ray Liotta. Um, who comes in. He was probably the highlight of the film. Well, he was in like a drama when everyone else was in like, they didn't know what the fuck they were in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ray Liotta's always very well. intense, no matter what he's in. He's always very Ray Liotta. Mm-hmm. So he gets involved. Um, Seth Rogen somehow ends up going out with Anna Ferris at some point. He really just harasses her into it because he holds her captive in a uh, golf cart, taking her to her car and passes her car. And he's like, Nope, I'm not going to get out of this car until I go on a date with me. <laughs> and so she, so she agrees. <laughs> she she obviously has ditched him, but she comes back at the end of a night of drinking. She's already drunk, and he's able to pick her up. Right, and this is a really problematic scene. Takes her to a Mexican restaurant. They have margaritas and tequila shots. And she has, like, six shots or something. She, has, like, and she takes some of his cyclonopin, I think it's called, which I think is anti-psychotic medication <laughs> or something. It's like a, It's like a relaxer. Oh, okay. Kinda. So it's more like um, it's for people with anxiety. Gotcha. So she takes that. She's basically completely bipolar. out yeah, of her yeah. mind, drunk and high off this stuff. And he takes her home and they hook up. And I had the same moment of like, so really, they're going to end this scene with a date rape joke? Yeah. Because he's on top of her pumping away. She is like passed with out. Vomit coming out of her mouth. <laughs> oh, Brandy. Oh, God, Brandy. 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 
Why are you stopping, motherfucker? Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, God, I'm sorry. And you're watching questionably. And then he stops to check and see if she's okay. And she goes, why the hell did you stop? And then he just keeps going. It's just like so terrible. Like, oh, I guess it's okay. No, it's not. Nothing <laughs> like, about that is like, okay. Right. It felt, it felt like they were trying to validate this moment. It was like, oh, all right. <laughs> Jesus. Uh, so so date rape occurs. Let's just say yeah. it. We'll just say it. In this movie, date rape occurs. And this point in the movie, I'm thinking it's moving a bit slow, but then it kind of picks up a little bit uh, with uh, Ish. Um, he, I forgot what happens he, he next. He decides that he's going to become a cop. The plot's so meandering in this movie. <laughs> That's, yeah, the plot goes nowhere. That's the worst part. Every time he like stopped, I kept thinking like, okay, what's happened? And I'm like, he had a conversation with this person. He had a conversation with this person. He had a conversation with this person. Nothing has happened. Right. Oh, yeah, someone, keeps, someone keeps robbing the mall as well. That's right. And so they don't know who's doing that. Yeah, someone keeps robbing from the mall. He's trying to figure that out. He decides he's going to become a real cop. He starts training. He goes on a ride along with Ray Liotta, who drops him in like a gang-ridden neighborhood. And then he inexplicably is able to beat the crap out of six guys. Right. They don't really explain how he had that kind of uh, training. He has he has fighting prowess throughout the thing that they in no way try to address. <laughs> right. He just does. But very grotesquely beats the crap out of a bunch of thugs and like, you know, see their bones popping out and stuff and blood and. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, he takes the kid to the, the police station. He takes the kid to jail. Who is trying to deal in drugs. Down. And uh, <laughs> they give him a psych evaluation, which he then fails. Uh, yeah, he fails the psych yeah. evaluation because he gave his medication to Anna Ferris on their date. So he admits that he's like bipolar off his meds. <laughs> <laughs> makes like a shooting like sound and action towards the person giving the interview she like, asks why he wants to be a point. cop and he's like I have a dream most nights it starts on a playground there's kids you know, swinging they're laughing there's dogs barking there's butterflies just flapping their little wings and then you hear a rumbling and over the horizon comes a black cloud it's made of cancer and pus. And it starts sweeping over the playground and everyone starts screaming and clawing their eyes and pulling at their hair and saying, help, what do we do? You know what happens next? Out steps me, wielding the biggest fucking shotgun you've ever seen in your life. And you know what I do? I blow every fucking thing away and I am getting God's work done. It's all over and the dust has settled. The whole world gathers below me. They say, thank you, Ronnie. Thank you for helping, being a great man, and doing this for us. And you know what I say? You don't need to thank me. I'm just a guy with a gun. I'm just a cop. Okay. So he's just terribly imbalanced. He gets rejected from the police academy, of course. <laughs> God, what happens then? And then the flasher shows back up. Uh, something. Uh, I think nothing happens in this plot. Well, like nothing. his friend turns out to be the guy who's been uh, thieving the uh, the mall. So he he runs away in a car and then he's going to lose his job at some point as the mall cop. But he won't leave because it's all he has. Right. And so the cops have to come to the mall and try to kick him out of the mall. And he beats up a bunch of them and gets away with it. <laughs> I don't know how. <laughs> Uh, oh, no, no. Okay. So, he, okay. I remember now. He finds Ray Liotta and Mandy or Brandy, whatever her name is, cheating in a car. Right. So he goes and confronts her at work and breaks a bunch of stuff. 
gets fired and then said he, he's absolutely not leaving. Right. And then that's when the cops show up to remove him. So now he is a deranged, violent ex-employee yep. in like a SWAT situation. And he, this movie is is very weird thematically, and it's like very serious in all reality, but but really treated very lightheartedly and almost like Home Alone in a very uncomfortable way. <laughs> yeah, like in a uncomfortable way. <laughs> um, so he inexplicably once again beats like twenty cops with a flashlight. <laughs> yeah, they they finally take him down. They don't keep him in jail for some reason. He's able to leave. Yeah, there's like a montage where like his face is getting better and you're kind of seeing what's happening to him. But at no point is it ever addressed that he would have like 15 resisting arrests and 15 assaults on a police officer. And yeah, yeah, it, it's just it's never, ever addressed. Nope. So let's see what happens then. Uh, him and his mom have a nice talk where she says she's switching to beer only. Right. <laughs> and he's so proud of her. He's so proud. He goes back to the mall where there's a flasher now. Or the flashers. He actually does see the flasher and he chases after him. Um, and the he's, flasher runs over to Brandy and she freaks out. And then at that moment, one of the most abrupt moments in cinematic history occurs. <laughs> he shoots the guy in the chest. He pulls out his concealed carry weapon, which earlier they talk about him not being able to carry because he was a security guard. Right. Now he's a private citizen. He can carry. Now he's a private citizen with a concealed carry permit um, and just shoots the guy in the chest. An unarmed man. An unarmed naked naked man man shoots him (laughs) in the chest. Um, It doesn't kill him. There's blood everywhere. (laughs) Blood everywhere. But he says, no, don't call an ambulance. I'm going to take this guy to the police station myself. So then he drags a bleeding naked man <laughs> to a police station, presumably in his own car. No, in the golf cart. It shows it. Oh, in the golf cart. That's right. <laughs> he takes him in a golf cart uh, and like throws him at Ray Liotta's feet to prove a point. Yep. And, and then they give him his job back. <laughs> <God>. Which is like, <sighs> none of that makes any sense. They don't explain it. Um, no. And the thing is, where it, it's living in a dark world but then at the same time it's trying to be like a judd apatow comedy and so like it doesn't yeah. work it's really oh and then the 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 girl we mentioned one time earlier she's got her cast off and she's still into him for some reason right some reason i have no idea why um it's weird and um she was actually the so now let's talk the about director's wife actually oh so now let's talk about why our movies are better than each other yeah start with your paul blart Okay, so the one thing that I will legitimately say, the the other things I'm going to say are facetious, but this is the one legitimate thing, is that Paul Blart had a better soundtrack. <laughs> oh, I than observed uh, a report. Uh, interesting. Uh, featuring songs like "Mr. Blue Sky," uh, "Turn Up the Music," "I Can't Hold Back," "Take It on the Run," "Run Away," uh, "Detroit Rock City," uh, "Think I'm in Love." And then other classics like The Twelve Days of Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. Um, <laughs> First time we had Ding her. Dong Merrily on High. Your old favorite and lovemaking song, O Tannenbaum. <laughs> lovemaking song? My favorite disco jamboree, Hark There, the Angels Sing. Was this set during Christmas? I guess it was. Yeah, I forgot. The it big was. Christmas tree in the middle. Right, right. That's the worst part is that like thematically they they set this movie on Black Friday so that it would be 
so that there, that's when there would be the most money in the mall, and that's when it makes sense to rob it. But otherwise, it had no effect on the plot. Nope. Um, but I, that legitimately, with some of those classic like rock songs they threw in, I, I genuinely and they really played them. Like they really played the songs. Like uh, when he's doing Detroit Rock City, when he's uh, playing Guitar Hero, you really get to listen to the whole song. Right. Um, and I and there were times where I was like, oh, thank God, I at least have something to listen to. <laughs> So you're not going to believe this, but one of my three points of why my movie Observant Report is better oh, is the crap. soundtrack. Ah, <laughs> so it's like when you go to a play you don't like and you're like, I really enjoyed the lights. Like, that's what we're doing. right? <laughs> How would you like my short film? Oh, the the sound editing was the, great. <laughs> the camera angles were so on point. <laughs> But uh, no, some of the songs you'd recognize, some you wouldn't. They had like covers of lots of famous songs and, um, you know, some old classics and Bob Dylan and that kind of stuff. But the important thing was you could hear the lyrics and they were off, often very well suited to the scene. They were thematically well suited for the scenes. It's like they were meant for a better movie. Like they got they <laughs> someone did very well matching the songs to what you were supposed to be feeling in that scene. But that's added to the uncomfortability of this movie because it didn't know what it wanted to feel because it was all over the place. But I can feel the producer meeting now. They're like, all right, we didn't get the writers we want. We didn't get the editor we want. We didn't get the camera operator we were running. But we got the soundtrack guy we want. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Everything else fell through, but we got that one thing. Perfect. So, yeah, that put better soundtrack. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. So, my second point is that even though Seth Rogen is uh, very intense, I think Paul Blart showed much more promise as a long-term stalker. Is that what we want? <laughs> no, but it's the only points I have for this film. <laughs> He's a better uh, stalker. So Seth Rogen is very much, you know, in her face. You admit that like he kidnaps her on a golf cart at one point effectively. He's very pushy, but Paul Blart's much more the long stalker game. He watches from afar. He has a friendly thing to say, makes her smile from time to time, but then goes back to looking at her on CCTV when she doesn't know. <laughs> I think that, that he's playing a much more sustainable stalker game. That's like, and that's, is therefore a better a better character. Therefore, that's a better character. Okay, we'll let the audience decide what they want to take from that. These movies are so bad. There's nothing redeemable. I miss. I miss, I miss volcano. Oh man! You mean Tommy Lee Jones punches a volcano? Yes, it's, it's one of my favorite episodes. All right, so my second point. Kind of relates to that, but a little bit. Um, but if this movie was reworked differently and played today, it could be played as a drama and show what leads up to mental illness causing a person to become like a mass killer or like a, sh a mass shooter or something like that. Because he had all the signs of that. He had um, toxic masculinity, bad parenting, mental illness. Um, alcoholism in his family. Um, he was being yeah. turned away by everyone, his friends. He had social anxiety and awkwardness. Yeah, uh, untreated bipolar disorder, right? Which was treated, and then he purposely goes off the pills, right? And so I think this, it, I think it's why his movie may feel even more uncomfortable because it was almost making fun of this guy and making fun of his situation, and then rewarding him for all his behavior that we know now is so terrible and causes people to go kill people. And I was like, I if it was a drama, it could have been leading right up to that, you know. So, oh yeah, this I could see this being like, like an Oscar kind of film with a different writer and different director, right? 
I mean, even now Seth Rogen story could of one still man, do it, you know, dealing with mental illness, leading in a shoot, ending in a shooting. That sounds like Oscar bait to taken me. down by Ray Liotta. <laughs> you, know, you don't need to take it down by Ray Liotta. <laughs> you don't need you to play Ray Liotta, too. Yeah, you're right. So I, I got something from that. It made me feel uncomfortable. And I think movies that make me feel uncomfortable generally have something good about them because they make you think. I don't know that that's they true. were trying to do that, but it did. So that's my yeah. second point. Uh, my, my third point and final point. Uh, is that Paul Blart had higher stakes and therefore led to like a more satisfying end, I guess, maybe. <laughs> hey, hey, stick to your guns, <laughs> um, man. Stick to your guns. Because he stopped, he stopped someone from stealing $30 million versus Seth Rogen stopping a naked man with unnecessary gun violence. <laughs> <laughs> unnecessary gun violence. It's true. It's true. <laughs> <laughs> Graphic unnecessary gun violence. Blood everywhere. Um, just blood everywhere. Um, so, yeah, I think because it just had a bigger villain, I guess. And then there was a surprise villain at the end that there was no sign of before that point. Right. Just none. No inkling at all. Yeah. So that made it a better movie. Higher stakes. Well, here's the third point for me that you can't refute. All right. Is. I, I won't. I won't. I won't refute. <laughs> Observe Report had a better cast. Big cast. Seth Rogen, Anna Ferris, Michael Pena, super young Jesse Plemons, who we now know from uh, the Black Mirror Star Trek episode and Breaking Bad and uh, Fargo. Uh, Ray Liotta, Aziz Ansari, Patton Oswalt, and Danny McBride. I mean, crazy cast. Not well used, yeah, true. but still a great cast. <laughs> Aziz Ansari was a good use in there. That was pretty good. <laughs> Fuck you, man. Fuck you. Fuck you. Fuck you. <laughs> Fuck you, Ronnie. Fuck you. 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 Fuck you, Ronnie. Fuck you. Fuck you, Ronnie. Fuck you, Saddam Hussein of Iraq. Fuck you. 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 And a little bit, tiniest bit of defense of, of Paul Blart is that a lot of the movie really wasn't Kevin James' fault. And a lot of the chuckles I got were because of little things he did. Right. And not because of, like, the situation or the movie itself. I got a new appreciation for him from watching this movie and just because, like, he was really putting his heart into it. You could tell. Yeah, yeah. And he really delivered lines, like, funny, clever ways. Yeah. You're right. We don't have a gun. What do we have? We have our voices. We have our voices <laughs> that we can use. Like, <laughs> we lean our just, hip in. We put our arm behind us. Of, then we have a gun. Most of any of the comedy that actually showed up was because of Kevin James doing it his way, not because of anything that anyone, any director or producer planned. Right. And I would just love it if, I mean, especially more so with um, Observe and Report, where terrible, gross men are paired up with beautiful women who are sweet and wonderful. It's like, yeah. Can we make it realistic? I know. And then just we have, once we have like Paul Blart was better because he's actually a nice guy. Like, and he was, he's heroic and he's, he tries and he has a, you know, wonderful daughter and everything. So I could see him attracting anybody, but I'm saying like the, but disgusting, terrible people like the Seth Rogen character, who's just horrible to nail the whole movie. And then, Still gets her. Yeah, true. So, yeah. Though he did go and do that one really heroic. That that was actually probably the best moment in Observer Report is when he finds out that she's being bullied by her boss and the new girl. Oh, yeah. 
And he goes in the back and opens up the oven and goes, get in there. Get the fuck in there. Tries shoving Pat Oswald inside the oven. Which I scare me because I'm like, I love Pat Oswald so much. I'm like, leave Pat Oswald alone. <laughs> but that was that was probably legitimately, you're going to lay off or I'm going to come back here and fucking shove you both in there. Another great line, Aziz Ansari, was, Last week he comes here and tells me that he's discovered my plot to blow up the Chick-fil-A. Why the fuck would I blow up Chick-fil-A? It's fucking delicious. Come okay. on, let's go. I'll go. I'll go. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> that was really good. Uh, but uh, so, yeah, that's our arguments. But we I'll give a little bit more here. Uh, trivia wise, Warner Brothers was concerned about the dark subject matter of Observe and Report and yeah, demanded the production team come up with a lighter, softer version of the film. It wasn't until the test audiences gave the edited version poorer test scores than the original film that Warner Brothers let them release the film in its original dark form. So they tried cutting it to a better, uh, like happier version but the audiences didn't like it because it was still crap <laughs> yeah they still knew and apparently filmed at the same time as paul blart mall cop uh despite the comparisons the cast and crew of both films kept in touch with each other during production to avoid being too similar hmm. which is kind of neat they actually were talking to each other during filming these movies one crazy thing for paul blart it became the first movie ever released in the month of january to get over to make over a hundred million dollars and it made tons more abroad i think too right yeah, 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 but because January is such a crap show for move for movies, it's all the stuff that they didn't release for Oscar season. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah, I made mean, a ton of money. Hence the sequel. A ton, a ton. <laughs> so those there's a the, so don't cinema. watch either. I think is is our review. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. These I'm okay. <laughs> we made it through the other side. Just, just just trust us on this one. Don't do it. Yep, they're pretty terrible. I mean, Paul Blart. You could put that on and be entertained by it in the background or something. It's fine. It's just stupid, but it's fine. <laughs> but observe and report. Yeah, like, that's the thing. I could put on Paul Blart with, like, my mother-in-law. I could not put on observe and report. No, and I wouldn't want to watch observe and report ever again. No, never. But I warned you, but dude. But Paul Blart, if it was on the background, I wouldn't turn it off. I'm like, whatever. It's it's amusing. But it's terrible <laughs> at the same time. <laughs> so, yeah, don't watch either. Nope. <laughs> That's the end of today's copycat cinema. Until the next triumphant return, I hope you guys enjoyed. Indeed. So that moves us on to our second bit. I've got a game, as usual, of Would You Rather. Woo! All right, Jarman, are you ready to play Would You Rather? I've got some good ones this week. Absolutely. All right. Would you rather have an evil gnome harass you that does one of two things? It scares you every morning when you go out to your car by honking your horn. <laughs> or it gives you a kick in the shin every time you walk in the door at the end of the day. The, you know what? I'll take the kick in the shin because I don't want to annoy my neighbors. Yeah, I'm looking at like a little gnome and they, they're typically like one to two feet tall or something like that. It's still going to hurt. Like one and a half to three feet tall. It's not going to hurt too bad. Not too bad. Plus, you wear shin guards out out, out of the car. You're you're set. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah, I'd, I would go with the the kick as well. But I'd be very excited to have a gnome in my life. That's true. All right. Would you rather have your farts lift you an inch or two off the ground each time, or have burps that can be heard a half mile away? <laughs> of course, the first one. <laughs> yeah, it seems like fun, right? <laughs> well, yeah. Plus, you don't have to annoy the world. <laughs> Yeah, you could, I think if you timed it right, you could, if you were like sitting, you could make it look like you were just standing up to stretch a little bit or something. Your feet go off the ground. <laughs> yeah, just a little, just an inch or two. 
not a crazy amount. So you're not going to blast off to Mars, but you know, it's a little. Yeah, yeah it'd be fun. Or if you want to appear taller in pictures, you could time it like that. <laughs> <laughs> Click. Or not quite making it to the rim for that dunk you were going to make. Or or getting to ride that ride at the, the carnival that you weren't going to get to ride because you didn't make it up to the, the hand on the octopus. Bam. Done. That one's a problem solver. I like it. <laughs> All right. Would you rather have one extra finger or toe on each appendage? So a total of four additional things. Mm-hmm. Or a working tail, like a monkey. Uh, I go with working tail. That'd be kind of cool. I'm also going to go with working <laughs> tail on this one. I think Anna also agreed working tail. Just more useful than having an extra finger or, or, or toe. Yeah, unless I'm like a professional instrument player or oh, something. Oh, I didn't think about that aspect. That's true. That would be helpful. But I'm not that, so I have no interest right, in that. Neither. <laughs> it's not like I'm like, oh, I got I got uh, two extra fingers now. I guess I better learn the piano. Yeah, I'm decent at trumpet, but it only has three keys. So what am I going to do with a, you know more fingers? That's true. You can only move the spit valve so much. Spit <laughs> valve. <laughs> 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 uh, okay. Would you rather have to change your name legally and introduce yourself as Nancy <laughs> or never be able to say your own name out loud again? Nancy. All right, Nancy. I think that would be cool. Be around. Hi, I'm Nancy. You got a problem with that? <laughs> See, I think I would just start carrying. I would. I would probably go with the not say your own name thing, and then just carry cards around with me everywhere. <laughs> Hi, let me introduce myself, and I just whip out. A or card just always have that sticker that says "Hi, my name is" on it. Oh, true. Or just a just a little tape recorder. Yeah, that's true. That someone else recorded. With Anna saying like, "His name is Steve." <laughs> Why can't he say his own name? Uh, don't ask questions. Well, that I can explain. Yeah. <laughs> I did a would you rather, and this is what I chose. <laughs> uh, that reminds me for some reason of that old sketch from the kids in the hall where a guy goes to a foreign country and he says, hi, uh, do you know how to get to the, the lodge from here? And he's like, oh, no, I'm not, I'm not so sure. And I'm sorry, but I, I speak no English. And he's like, what do you mean you speak no English? You're speaking to me right now. He's like, oh, sorry, you're mistaken. I only memorized these certain sentences and these syntaxes, but I'm not even sure what I'm saying right now. Outside of this, I have no idea what I'm <laughs> yeah, saying. It's so funny. You memorize certain syntaxes? Yes, sir. But once again, this response is a memorized response <laughs> and not a genuine. <laughs> I love that so much. And they've redone that in several different kind of like sketch groups that claiming it as their own. Oh, yeah. Kids in the hall, man. All right. This is the final All one. Right. Would you rather never be able to wear deodorant ever again Ooh. or only be able to wear deodorant that smells like warm, fresh buttered popcorn? <laughs> <laughs> that one's terrible. <laughs> uh, never wear deodorant ever again. I could not take that buttered popcorn smell. Out of life. <laughs> I'm going to go with buttered popcorn. I love buttered popcorn. Everyone's when somebody, no one's like, oh, buttered popcorn smell. Everyone's like, man, where's that buttered popcorn? You know why? Because you didn't work in a concession stand. <laughs> That's true. I did it not. It was terrible. That is true. You go home smelling like it the whole night, and you can't. You're breathing it in while you're sleeping. It's terrible. <laughs> it's like having black lung. Is that yeah, what you're telling it's me? It's like butter lung. <laughs> uh, All right. So that's been. Would you rather? Good game. Good game. Good game. What does that take us on to? To some trailer reviews. Here at A Play On Nerds, we have spent years refining our exclusive trailer rating system. At the low end of the scale, we have Don't Waste a Match. This movie is so bad that I wouldn't waste a single match to burn it, Fahrenheit 451 style. And second from the bottom, we have We'll See. Maybe the trailer was too short, maybe it was cut oddly, or maybe we don't know what the hell we just watched. Eh, we'll, we'll see. see. 
Up next, we have Give It a Buck. Whether you hit a red box, a dollar movie theater in the bad part of town, or a cheap online rental, give this movie a buck and enjoy it without breaking the bank. And at the top of our rating system, we have Shut Up and Take My Money. The wallets have been charmed out of our pockets, and we are ready to make our hard-earned cash disappear. And that's our patent-pending trailer rating system for a play on nerds. So, first one I proposed this week was uh, Fantastic Beasts, The Crimes of Grindelwald. I have some questions for you, Professor. This is a surprise. There's a rumor that Newt Scamander is headed to Paris. I know he's working under your orders. What do you have to say for yourself, Dumbledore? If you'd ever had the pleasure to teach him, you'd know Newt is not a great follower of orders. The time's coming, Newt, when you're gonna have to pick a side. Are you going somewhere? No, we're going somewhere. Genius. I can't move against Grindelwald. It has to be you. seems to be the story of Dumbledore, much younger. Young Dumber, young Dumbledore. <laughs> young Dumbledore. Young, Dur- young Dumbledore. Dumbledore. Uh, which they briefly mentioned in the, in the Harry Potter books that he uh, was in love with Grindelwald, but uh, it was kind of unrequited and Grindelwald went nuts and off his rocker and, you know, started killing people. He kind of used the Voldemort of that time. Yeah, the original Dark Wizard. Right. And Dumbledore's played by Jude Law, Grindelwald played by Johnny Depp, who they smartly didn't mm-hmm. put much of the trailer because he's problematic these days. Uh, That's true. But yeah, so what do you think of the trailer? And then Eddie Redwine or whatever back as Scarmander from the first right, one. Right, right. I don't know. He's on some sort of mission from Dumbledore. It, I, I'm as excited for this one as I was for the first one, and that is confused. <laughs> Uh, I, I honestly don't know what to think. I saw the first one. I, I enjoyed it, but I, I'm not waiting for an anticipated sequel. And I think there's a good reason for that. And the reason is it was perfectly fine to make a Fantastic Beast movie. I think it was perfectly enjoyable by itself. Um, I think, but there's no reason to make this a Fantastic Beast movie is my problem. They should be making right, an- If you want to start a new three movie series about the old days, do it. Or just make an anthology like... Okay, so there was a story of Newt Scamander. You've heard about him from Harry Potter days. And here's the story of how Dumbledore fought Grindelwald. Like, make yeah. it, call Just it something take out different. take Fantastic Beast, make him a character in the movie. Sure, he can be around, but make this about Dumbledore. You know, that'd be great. Like, people want to see right. that. So why is this Fantastic Beast the crimes of Grindelwald? Just call it the, the crimes of Grindelwald. Maybe the did so well that they felt like they couldn't not synergize with it like who knows yeah like i know it did but no, well, I but absolutely I agree. That well i wish that they would just shoot like, this here's a new storyline enjoy sure like go back and tell the story of those original three people who had the original the cloak and the ring and all. like there's so many stories i can tell from that universe oh yeah you could deathly hollows the movie right deathly hollows that's what I was you could say. absolutely do that i i could see them doing two to three movies about the original rise of voldemort sure yeah they can do three movies about this grindelwald you know, do a Dumbledore movie about um, Harry Potter's parents and their relationship with Snape while they're in school and all that stuff. Yeah. They get the school days of them. So that'd be so interesting. But yeah, take the Fantastic. But, uh, Beasts no, they won't do that. They've got to do more Fantastic Beast movies. 
that's frustrating. So I hope they're they focus more on that and less on Newt's commander in this movie, but they probably won't. That being said, the one thing I will say for this trailer is that they showed a lot more openly like the magic and kind of spectacle. Right. Than they did. I remember in the first for the first movie, everything was very cloak and dagger. Yeah. In alleyways. They and didn't stuff. reveal a whole lot. This time I feel like they're like, nope, it's more. It was a beautiful trailer. Like it just looks yeah. amazing. Good music. Well orchestrated. But yeah, I don't know. I'll give this one a, a probably give it a buck. Nice. I doing shove and take my money because it looks so pretty. <laughs> Shut up and take my money. All right, you're gonna go see it in theaters. Yep, right. they still took it for and like I love the story of Dumbledore, so that's pretty cool. It's true. And then the next trailer is uh the Avengers Infinity War, and then it's just a new trailer. Right. As of today it came out yesterday, I believe. So the day before St. Patrick's Day. The entire time I knew him, he only ever had one goal. To wipe out half the universe. If he gets all the infinity stones, he can do it with the snap of his fingers. Just like that. Tell me his name again. Thanos. We got one advantage. He's coming to us. We have what Thanos wants. So that's what we use. Let's talk about this plan of yours. I think it's good, except... It sucks. So let me do the plan, and that way, it might be really good. Wow. The end is near. When I'm done, half of humanity will still exist. Perfectly balanced. As all things should be. I hope they remember you. I'm Peter, by the way. Doctor Strange. Oh, you're using your made-up names. Then I am Spider-Man. It gives us a much better look, and really what I think it does is there's been a lot of speculation of who's not going to make it out of this film. Right. Who's going to die? Um, and I, I think that it pretty much showed almost every Avenger in some way, like really in duress. Mm -hmm. It showed Captain America getting like crushed basically by Thanos. Uh, you see, uh, God, um, Dr. Strange, like strung up and like held suspended while he yells or screams. Uh, you get to see all these characters in this terrible duress. And I think they're trying to be like, yep, anyone could go. And I think Captain America is definitely dying. Uh, I think it would be a good, story arc if he made it and Tony went. Well, I just think that actor doesn't want to play him anymore. That's been pretty True. out there. But he doesn't have to continue after this. They could retire Cap anyway. Right. In another way. Uh, but but the, their whole argument and their, their whole dynamic, Cap and Iron Man, has always been that like Cap knows that, that Tony wants to be the hero, but he's not the guy that's going to lay down his life. He's not the guy that's going to fall on the line. And I think this is going to be the, I think it'll be the, I hope it'll be the final payoff. We're trying to the final bullet for him. That'd be kind of neat. Exactly. I think it would be a really beautiful arc and end and a nice end cap for Tony Stark, who started the whole thing. Yeah, exactly. So, mind you, you're right. Cap is a safe bet, but that's my hope and my bet. And there's also the chance that they reboot everything with, like, the reality stone and just, like, have all new Captain America and all new Iron Man and everything that they did in the comics. So, 
It could happen in the movie. I don't know. I think that they've got a good, at least Iron Man, in that uh, then Winter Soldier takes up the shield and becomes Iron Man. Right. But no one cares about that actor. I don't know. I know, but that's the thing. He's signed on. He's there, he's, he's there for that sweet Marvel Disney money. He's ready for it. <laughs> he is. He just wants to rake it in and then roll in it. Uh, so I will say this trailer was immensely better than the last one. You got to see a lot more. Yeah. Certainly, you got to see a lot more of Thanos, which was good. In his full getup, as opposed to like wearing like a wife beater in the last trailer. I was like, what the hell's going yeah, on? Yeah, he takes, he has a, a ornate looking helmet at one yeah, point. Battle armor. Uh, and you get to see a little bit of his, a little flash of background with Gamora. Yeah. Hers uh, and you also get to see a lot more of the Guardians of the Galaxy interaction. Which is great. Seeing uh, Star-Lord interact they're, with Iron Man. They're going to bring a lot of really great levity to this whole thing. And I'm so excited. Me too. Little shots of teenage Groot. Yeah, absolutely. But yeah, this one's got to show up and take my money. Oh, me too. Shut up and take my money. I've invested too much in this whole series to not. Of course. And my only hope, though, is that they somehow, even if it's two seconds long, include the Netflix defenders in this movie. Like, say Thanos. Just throw, just throw them a bone. Yeah, like the, some bunch of aliens fall down New York again or something. And so they, the defenders are like, they come out and they're like, don't worry, we got this. And you see like Iron Fist and Luke Cage and Jessica Jones and Daredevil kicking some ass. It's like two seconds. And that's it. I'll be so happy. <laughs> And same thing with Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. If they ref- reference Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. characters or have them there somehow, that'd be so great. Or bring sense. back Coulson. Yeah. Like have a that would return be gr- of Coulson. That would be great. Somehow. And like that gives them hope in the last minute. Coulson comes out. He's like, I'm still alive, guys. You can do this. Yeah. And they're like, yeah. So him so. and Cap have that special bond. Yeah. Exactly. That'd be really cool. So, but yeah, definitely should have to take my money. This looked at a lot. I was worried from the last trailer. This trailer was. This one puts me at ease and makes me excited. Oh, yeah. For sure. All right. So that takes us into some radical recommends where we're going to recommend to you things that we like and we think that you might enjoy. If you have the means, I highly recommend picking one up. What do you recommend I do? I recommend pleasant. So for this week, I have something unique. It's a birthday gift that I got that I wasn't sure how well it would work, but it's been a dream. It's called the Contour Shuttle Pro version two. So what the oh, I have no even from the title, I've got no idea what it is. <laughs> Good. So for any of you out there who are all fellow podcasters or editors or audio editors, and I'm editing audiobooks as well, which it took me forever. And so I've finally gotten fast on my keyboard with my fingers, with my hotkeys. I assign hotkeys for the things I use most commonly, like um the razor or the uh, you know, entering silence. Is it like a fancy mouse with a thousand buttons and a spinny thing in the middle? Exactly. I have, I see it. Okay. I so it's it. not a mouse, but it's just flat on my left side. So I have my mouse on the right. On the left side, it has about, um, uh, so 10 buttons on the top, uh, one on the left, one on the right, and then four buttons on the bottom, and then a, a wheel on it that you can go left or right it to. It looks like two wheels almost. Yeah, there's one in the center that you can go frame by frame, and then the outside wheel is rubber, and it can, it kind of shuttles you, it jogs you across the screen, so you can jump to places. Um, it is saving me so much time. I mapped out all the buttons to for delete and paste and copy and... Um, just last night, I was editing the last podcast, uh, and it went so much faster using this thing. So I'm like, oh, my God, it actually works. I'm going to save so much time. And I'll be able to produce so much more audiobook material, which makes me more money. So it's like, oh, if any of you are editors out there, it's a, it might be a learning curve for you because I was I was going too fast for my keyboard. So I would push delete, and it wouldn't delete because I wouldn't hit the button hard enough because I was trying to go so fast. So this thing lets me go like immensely faster. So editors, check it out. I think it was about 60 or 80 bucks. 
but uh, it's definitely worth Online, it. Online, it says it retails. On their website, it retails for 99 Oh, okay. 100 bucks. That. <laughs> Thanks to my mother who bought that for my birthday. <laughs> I just had... Thanks, Karen. ...on wish list, just like as a dream to get it someday. And I had sent them that list, wish list like last Christmas, and she saw it, and she just bought it. And I was like, oh, shit, thanks. Aw, thanks, Ma. It was wonderful. So what do you recommend this week? So my, my radical recommend this week is, I think, what you did a few weeks ago, which is a confirmation recommend, something that you recommended on Radical Recommends, which we then checked out and they're now going to recommend. Whoa! And that is the show Misfits. Oh, good. <laughs> Love that show. Um, We just watched through the first two seasons. We're just getting into the third, which I'm not going to lie, is a little rough. It gets worse as it goes, but it's still fun, but not nearly as but good as the, the first two. But the first two seasons were so genuinely good <laughs> and so genuinely funny. Oh, yeah. Which is so rare for a show. Now, let me ask you this. Do you have to use captions? <laughs> the first episode and a half were a little bit rough for one or two of the characters. Right. Especially the blonde girl. The the blonde girl, uh, every now and then. Oh, God, what the hell's his name? Um, uh, The curly haired guy. He's got like an Irish accent. Robert Sheehan. There we go. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Robert Sheehan as uh, Nathan is maybe one of the most enjoyable characters I have ever found in a show, maybe ever. And it was such a shame when he left the show. I was like, no, because he was like the heart of it, you know. We we only just watched it, you know, just recently, and I already have that character sort of like in like the Dwight Schrute kind of level. Like, is like that for important? for me, he's like one of those definitive characters where like I just can't get enough of him, and I'm so sad he's gone. I know. And I think he went off to do like dramas and stuff, the actor, and he didn't do very well. So he was in that movie um, Geostorm. <laughs> so, oh, my God, he was. <laughs> um, but but check out. I highly recommend check out Misfits. It's about a bunch of social misfits who find themselves with powers that I appreciate. N- none of the powers had really like directly violent implications. Right. If that makes sense. None of them, none of their powers were hurting people, but yeah, so they all get these powers. It's, it's how they use them They're What sort of surprised me and what Anna and I came to is there are huge stretches of the show where nobody uses powers. Yeah. It's just interactions between them being hilarious. Right, right. Right. But the show still carries and, but you don't realize. So like they're one of the, the women, I think we realize like, Oh, her power hasn't come into play in like four and a half episodes. Right. Was the last time her power had anything to do with her part of the plot. Just such a well-made show. And then, of course, the, the kid who went on to play Ramsey Bolton, Ewan right. Ryan, uh, is in it and does a good job. Yeah, he's good at being creepy. Yeah, the kind of creepy, quiet, subdued, doesn't know how to behave socially, all really worked, and he did a good job with that. Absolutely. But yeah, we're on season three. It's, it's Some of the new characters, I'm just not, I don't care. Yeah, it's good. But then, oh, and then, uh, but the woman who played Miss Sande also shows up in season three. Oh, yeah. I guess that is her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, that's my radical recommend is check out Misfits. I'm confirming what German says. It does get a little bit rough. I'm not all the way through it, but season one and two are definite recommends. Absolutely. So for a little thank you section, I'm going to go ahead and thank uh, Steve's wife and my girlfriend 
Now, yeah. <laughs> the reason I'm bringing up my girlfriend is because she just now started recently listening to the podcast because she's commuting quite a bit to work, like a three hour commute uh, on the weekends to come back to Orlando from Ooh, where she stays. That is destructive. So she's doing audiobooks, She's doing podcasts now. And she finally got to listen to my pod, our podcast. And she's really liking it. And she um, will tell me little things when she's listening to it. And I really appreciate that. So if you're listening, tell me you heard this. Otherwise, you've been lying to me. That's right. <laughs> and you will know. And thank you to my wife yeah. who takes out the kid. It's invaluable. It really is. While we're recording. Or we, she helps me get the kid to bed so that we can record at night. Exactly. She's ultimately flexible and has been putting up with this crap for like four years. <laughs> Without her, this wouldn't be possible. That's true. She's one of our sponsors. Exactly. <laughs> that and Silzer Law Chartered. Yeah, Silzer Law Chartered. Bring people all your to America. needs, check out Silzer Law Chartered. They're real swell. So I get that about does it for this show. I hope you guys were able to stick through that horrible group of films. Yeah. The important thing is, is that we talked about it a long time. <laughs> <laughs> is that important? That's the best part. Of course it is. <laughs> this has been Copycat Cinema. So thanks for joining us for episode 92. Uh, as always, we will keep coming back and being your nerdy host if you keep coming back and being our nerdy audience. Thanks again, Internet. Stay nerdy, my friends. Thanks for listening to A Play on Nerds. Find all of this content and even more nerdy news, reviews, and fun at www.aplayonnerds.com. Be sure to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter so you know the exact second we release new podcasts, articles, and other nerdy content. We know you're impatient. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Podbean, Buzzsprout, Podomatic, and whatever the hell else you use. Also, please leave us a rating and review on your chosen podcast platform so we can be discovered by even more nerds like yourself. However you do it, check us out. And how. <laughs>